Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys and a Mic show. Beautiful midweek Wednesday emanating out of the fine city of Chicago. Hope you're having a great day out there. Big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We will span the sports globe and then some on today's show from the increasing fever. That is March Madness. We will spread some probably untrue rumors about where Peyton Manning might be headed. We also got a little NBA talk and... We will take a sneak peek into pitchers and catchers report and the spring training as well. We'll talk Cubs, Sox, a little other baseball. Big dog and the coach. We got Super Tuesday sports guys talk politics. We got to talk about that big battle in Ohio. I guess Romney over Santorum at the last second. It went down to the final buzzer. Romney played for the last second shot. It was very close. Apparently a foul. Questionable foul on Santorum. Romney makes the free throw and a semi-disputed victory. For Romney on Super Tuesday. A little music, and then we get the semi dysfunctional show off and running. How about you? Big Dog, is that music that David Olson plays? And I like it. It's kind of catchy, but it almost, it could be a real good theme for like a detective TV show. It's got that kind of sound. Yeah, but it's got to be like a detective that is like, uh, he's like on a boat. You know, like during the like the beginning of the scene, you know, he's got to like, he's got to be getting out of bed. You know what I mean? And then yeah. like he's on a boat or on a beach and he's driving a fast car. It's like one of those type of detective yeah, shows. Possibly. Possibly. Either that or I'm like in the middle of a bad segment of Mannix. I don't know, but it's uh, it's it's mesmerizing music, but I do feel like a detective show. Are you familiar with the show Mannix, Big Dog? I might have uh, aged myself a bit. Yeah, you, I, I believe you did. I've never even heard of that one. Okay. Now, for some reason, when I hear that music, I tend to do, you know how, like, Jim Carrey does those funny tips, like he pumps his fist perfectly straight out back and forth? Yes. That's how I kind of, like, I, I <laughs> picture myself doing that whenever I hear that music, right to the beat of, oh. and as fast as the music, like that. Just I like, am okay. now, I don't know if it makes you feel better, but I'm now picturing yourself, I'm now picturing yourself picturing yourself, if that makes any sense. Or I'm picturing you, picturing yourself, which is not a bad picture, quite frankly. At any rate, forget the confusion. How are you, buddy? And uh, I don't know about you, but my March Madness fever has the uh, the needle is starting to swing upwards. I don't know if you watched any hoop last night, but I'm starting. The temperature's rising, big dog. Uh, I, I just want to tell you something. ESPN. It usually doesn't take them, you know, this long to figure it out. But it wasn't until like last year that they decided to put all the championship games on weekdays. Yes. And, like, all, like, the, the Horizon Leagues and Love the it. Summit Leagues, all that. It's awesome. I'm so glad that I get to watch these games. It's so cool that on a Tuesday night you can watch a primetime Horizon League championship and, you know, you can get Valpo versus Detroit and they get the uh, justified primetime game. Because, let's face it, Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, who's watching? Nobody's watching television. Yep. You know, I mean, that's like the least amount of people watching TV. It's so cool that they get a little uh, 
little national attention at golf. Yeah, with you completely. With you completely last night, uh, you know, out and about actually uh, catching the high school version of March Madness. And oh, by the way, cool. for the people around the country, uh, Illinois, the state of Illinois, termed, created the term March Madness. We are the original March Madness, the high school state tournament. But at any rate, so I taped ESPN2. Big Dog came home about 10 o'clock last night, caught the end of, uh, what a matchup, the Green Machine of North Texas taking on the Red Blob of Western Kentucky. Is is that what North Texas is known as? The, no, they're the Mean Green, right? Yeah, they're the Mean Green coach. Yeah. Yeah. So the Mean Green taking on the Red Blob, phenomenal game. The Red Blob pulls through Western Kentucky with a big win. And then, like the sick puppy I am, I watched from start to finish, second half at about 5.45 this morning, thoroughly enjoying a Western Illinois versus a South Dakota State, two teams that had never been to the NCAA tournament. One team was going to fulfill the dream. And, dog, I don't know if you watched the game, but uh, if I die tomorrow, I'll be a happy man. It was quality college basketball. Yeah, I, I did not get to watch it, Coach. Tell me what happened. <laughs> you, so you don't even know who won the game, huh? No, I, I, I don't know who won. Coach, South, South, the, South Dakota State down 6-8-10-12 the whole game, made a comeback in front of their home fans and won in overtime. And... Um, it was a battle between you. You think the red blob and the mean green is good? This was the Jackrabbits taking on the Leathernecks. Awfully oh, good. Oh, that's not good. Awfully. Uh, oh, yeah, it was what? great. Because that's like the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what it is, is the tortoise versus the hare. And that's what happened was, you know, the tortoise got out to the, the quick lead. Yep. You know, and then and thought like, and then I guess the hair caught him at the end. It's too bad, Coach. Western Illinois, by the way, was my first look at him. I love watching new teams, and you kind of, you know, it takes you about a half, a little bit more than a half to familiarize yourself with the players. Who's your shooter? Who's your big guy inside? Who's your, you know, playmaker and stuff like that? But Western Illinois, not a bad team. Jimmy Malinari, bad haircut, by the way. Bad haircut for veteran coach Jim Malinari, but uh, did a heck of a job coaching that team. South Dakota State. Had a coach, I think he's been there 17 years, wearing the bright royal blue blazer in front of the home crowd. Big dog. Tremendous atmosphere. And let me just say this about South Dakota. Uh-huh. How do I gently put this? It's very white. Min- minorities right. are not reigning supreme at South Dakota, apparently. That, that pretty much is the Midwest coach. Well. If you go into, if you go into Montana, Wyoming, Utah, Colorado. Well, that's not the Midwest. Nebraska. I, uh, you're right. I'm talking from, I, I am legitimately, I'm, well, the Midwestern part of the country. Okay. Coach. Okay. If you want to get specific, like Illinois is like central and all that, whatever. But okay. that area is pretty, it's white. Boy. Very white. Not I just... didn't add Montana. I don't think I added Montana or Idaho, or Washington, or Oregon, mm-hmm. or Northern California, or Nevada, or Arizona, or New Mexico. I forgot those states, mm-hmm. by the way, which are about 90% white. So, it's, that's, that's, that's uh, so, I don't know, I didn't know you didn't realize that, but well, it's, I'm I, you surprised, know, I, you're surprised by South Dakota's having white people in them. I, <laughs> I, 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 I guess I did. Really I don't want to. I don't want to step on the minefield that is, you know, political correctness here. But uh, I was just surprised. You know, the entire team 
was white. I think there was one African-American guy at the end of the bench who was looking around like, Oh, you met the team? Well, no, I met no more than the team. The fans, cheerleaders, just about everybody as they span because it was at the home of the Jackrabbits, South Dakota yeah, State. Yeah, I just assumed you said South Dakota State, and I just, well, everybody there is white, and there's yes. South Dakota. North Dakota, it was interesting. Western Michigan, or Western Minnesota. I mean, it just starts there. It's just basically. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I went to the College World Series, and I turned to my buddies, and I was like, have you seen anybody here that was not a minority that wasn't an actual player? Seriously. And the whole time I was at the College World Series. Omaha. Omaha. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think I saw one minority the whole entire time. We couldn't even find a, a burrito place to go at, at 2.30 in the morning. That's not right. That is just not right. David Olson, our uh, media critic, political novelist, if you will. Any, but could we call that region? I'm trying to think of a name for the area that tends to be of the white variety. How about the Upper Heartlands? Can we call it that? From, like, Nebraska on up, spanning a little bit to the west, but is there any particular reason? I wouldn't say a little bit to the west. I would say all the way until you hit Seattle, and then it stops. <laughs> you, you go, go to go to eastern Washington right now, Coach. Uh-huh. Go, walk through Oregon and northern California, and, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Interesting. And we're not so, talking just uh, African-American either. I mean, Latino, talking it is Asian, uh, just very little minorities in the crowd at South Dakota and the Upper Heartlands. That's what I'm calling them now, the Upper Heartlands. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. It's, it's, a, it's a strange <laughs> phenomenon going on. All so. right. Getting away from the political correctness, it was a phenomenal game, Big Doug. So anyhow, that's how, you know, I taped the game, what, 545 this morning, I'm watching that. And then I caught the uh, last 10 minutes of Valpo against Detroit. And by the way, Detroit, not afflicted by the same uh, whiteness, shall we say, that the South Dakota State team was. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you figure out who that player was that I saw? They got some superstar on Detroit. Did you figure no, out? No, it's the, co- the coach's son. Oh, is that who it yeah, is? Yeah, okay. Ray, Ray McCollum, okay. who I remember as a player, Ray McCollum's son. Ooh, he is, he's Blake Griffin light. Yeah, yeah, because that's all I saw. Well, they were playing Butler. This guy just kept getting every rebound and dunk and everything. But he's shorter. He's definitely yes. way about six. Five, I would yes, think but when he went up on a breakaway for a slam dunk, I didn't know the guy from anything. I just started watching the game, and all of a sudden I see this guy elevate. I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me? The same thing happened to me, Coach. That's yes. the only time I saw him play this year. Yeah, and but... I just was stuck. I'm like, you got to watch Detroit for some dunker. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that so... one of the cool things about March Madness, discovering new crushes, if you will, if you want to put it to a teenage romance-type uh, analogy, but... All these teams and players we were not aware of, Big Dog, and you, you at least for a brief moment in time, you fall in love with these teams and players. Like there was uh, who's the kid that played for Butler for four years, and the first time you saw this kid, you were like, if you would originally think that was a kid that was like made fun of his whole life, was a bookworm and was uncomfortable with being tall. Talking Where about like Matt, Matt. Uh... Well, Gordon Hayward, Shelvin Mack, or Matt, what the heck is his last name? It's, the Matt, it's, the, it's Matt. It's that guy. Yeah. It's that dude. Okay. So with the crazy, goofy hair. Yes. I mean, Matt Howard. I mean, Matt Howard. Matt Howard. There's so many, like, quality, good basketball players that they, they really come out in the tournament. It also proves that, you know, it keeps on, like, this year, Drexel might not make the tournament coach. They only have, what, two losses? Yep. They better get in the tournament. Well, uh, I, I could care less. I know it might cost your uh, Northwestern. Drexel deserves being in a tournament more than Northwestern. Though. 
You know, I originally thought that, you know, record, you know, 25 and 2. Come on, you got to give Drexel some respect. That's impressive. But then I heard one of the experts, one of the quote unquote bracketologists. Uh, and by the way, fans, we will get to Peyton Manning's situation, uh, which is being treated, I think, like the death of a prime minister in a foreign country. It's unbelievable. Uh, what, these way, people didn't expect this happening? Yeah, as ESPN is like, oh, my. I thought there was like a, a funeral for a world dignitary. But we'll get to the Peyton Manning situation. Me and the big dog will spread some non-true rumors about where he may be uh, headed. But right I now wish. we're talking a little March Madness. But um, what the hell was the point we were, we were just on? You find you just find all these great players. Like, yeah, I don't know. You had, you had specifically mentioned someone. Bad Howard. Bad uh, Howard. No, nah, we went beyond that. Okay. Okay. Went beyond. They say I got so caught up in the whole Ma- uh, Peyton Man. I'm calling it a, a, the funeral. The Don't funeral. Worry, that's how my ex would always win fights with me. She would just throw one little distraction, and my whole thought process was gone. So right <laughs> when I was about to prove a point, that's all she had to do. <laughs> Whatever. Oh goodness! More championship games tonight. We got selections Sunday coming up. Uh, big dog, and I think we were talking about how. Oh, we were to what team we were talking about? Oh, um, Drexel. That's where we're at. And I was mentioning yeah, some ESPN bracketologist had mentioned, well, Drexel doesn't deserve to be in there. Yeah, they're 25-2, and two, blah, blah, blah. You know what their best quality win is? And I'm not saying I agree with him. I tend to agree with you, but his point was their biggest quality win was against the powerhouse known as Georgia Southern. So they really haven't beaten any tournament teams. Oh, okay. Okay, now that, that throws in another. I didn't realize that. Okay. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. all I had. I'd have to look at it a little more. Mm-hmm. But you're thinking 26 and two, and that's from a pretty good conference coach. George Mason and VCU have yep. gone to the Final Four out of that conference. So that's what I was thinking: is like, hey, this is they're 26 and two out of this conference, which perennially has proven to make runs in the tournament. I did not know what you just told me, which is that's also disturbing too, because you really do have to put teams in there by yeah. merit. Yeah. I'd have to to analyze it a little bit more, but it was certainly a point well worth taking. By the way, let me throw our phone number out. Any uh, junior bracketologists out here you'd like to join the conversation, more than happy to hear from you. Anything in the sports world you want to jump off sports page, we're always willing to do that too. 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748, dog and a coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. But, um, Boy, just a lot of good teams, a lot of good talent out there, big dog. Teams we've never seen before, and uh, it's just always fun to watch them play. We got a bunch of them last night. The Detroit team, extremely good, very athletic. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't have Dick Vitale doing that game. Why didn't have Dick V doing it? And you're saying that because he used to be the Detroit coach. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, which probably a lot of people at this point, especially our younger audience, uh-huh. probably forgot. Now, were they decent when he was there? Did they win some games? Because they gave him the Detroit Pistons head coaching mm-hmm. job, which I can't even imagine. Oh, my goodness. There yeah, the best coach. compliment you could give Dick Vitale with Detroit, I think, is they were decent. They weren't great. Okay. He didn't. He, it's not like he had a tremendous successful run, but, you know, I think uh, his, uh, again, that's going a ways back now, but I think it was a decent career that's about, the best you could say. So he went from a decent coach to a phenomenal announcer. At least that would be my opinion. Well, no, no, I, I, I have no problem with Dickie V. Now, I, I do have – you don't believe it, but is, I like Dickie V, but just, I will admit he has an East Coast bias, Coach. 
And don't you can say he doesn't. You just there's so much love for the guy. Sometimes you don't. It gets frustrating, like when it's Illinois is playing North Carolina, and you can hear it in his voice, like when like a call is against uh, North Carolina. He's like, oh, that's you know. And then like when it's on Illinois, it's oh, it's that was a horrible foul by the Illinois player. It was just this ridiculous coach. And like it's not just me. Where it's everybody that watches it. Not everybody. Not everybody, because I would be one that would. uh, And I've heard that before, so maybe my love of Dick Vitale gets in the way. You know, when you're in love with someone, some of their negatives can be overlooked, and then you're married with them for 15 years, and some of the negatives start to come out. Hey, ho, blue 42, red 17. Um, But I've heard that from other people. I can't say when I listen to it. I enjoy Dick Vitale's enthusiasm uh, for the game so much. I I have not noticed that, but maybe I, I just need him. to pay yeah, more he attention. Wouldn't, he doesn't ruin any of my broadcasts. Even, you know, sometimes I've felt that way. I was like, you know, it's not going to bother me. I could care less. Like, his daughter went to North Carolina, and yeah. it's like, well, you know what I mean? That type of stuff, I understand that. You know, he's sitting there rooting. But he goes over there and, like, massages Roy Williams after the game. Of course, I know he wants them to win. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm not so, and the fact that he can't hide that while he's doing the the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you know I'm not going to get too mad at him because the guy is. I mean, he really loves college basketball, so I've forgiven him by this point. Quick, uh, Dick Vitale trivia question for the big dog. If the dog can't get it, we'll throw it out to our fine listeners. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The college. Vital's daughters went to when they played Division One sport. What sport did they play? Um, I'm going to say uh, well, North Carolina, obviously. Nope. One of them. Nope. Nope. It isn't. Ah. And Notre Dame. Hey. Notre Dame. I what? thought he he is somebody that went to North Carolina in yeah, his family. That might be. That might be. So but don't say wrong. Okay, I was right. He has a daughter at North Carolina. Okay. But the and daughters that went to Notre Dame, Dame, they were Division a, Division uh, One athletes. What sport did they play? Soccer. Tennis. Okay, I didn't know that. Excellent, excellent tennis player. So he's got a little fighting Irish blood in him. By the way, Bracket Boy Brian has emailed in. Please ask the big dog. Junior Bracketologist, he calls you. Please ask the uh, junior bracketologist, the big dog, VCU. Is going to be in the tournament. Shaka Smart. They were the Cinderella team last year. Can they pull off what Butler did and be Cinderella two years in a row? Could we be seeing the same thing with a team like a VCU? That's yeah, from Bracket Boy Brian. Uh, of course they could because they've got everybody back besides one starter from last year. And you got to figure sometimes, you know, when you're the when you're the Cinderella. I think the biggest thing Cinderella lacks besides size. It's not talent. It's not athleticism. It's either size and confidence, Coach. So these teams obviously believe they can get to the Final Four. They did it last year, so they can absolutely make another run to the Final Four. Let's, uh, I'll make that prediction after I actually see the four games that they would have to win in order to get there, though. Mm-hmm. The similarities, though, between that Butler team that came out of nowhere was the um, you know surprise team. Everybody fell in love with them. And last year's VCU team, the similarities are quite Amazing, actually. Young yeah. coach, the style of play, you know, and uh, the, the conference, like uh, yeah. the like the best mid-major conference in that area of the country, perennially, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and and a school that has always been strong in basketball, like for years. I mean, 
Butler has always gone to the tournament, and VCU has always gone to the tournament, and it's finally like, oh, we finally have had some success in the tournament. So mm-hmm. they had a lot of parallels, Coach. Right. And are they both private schools? No, no, obviously VCU is not. That's the State University mm-hmm. of uh, of the Commonwealth, excuse me. Very good. And Big Dog, we should mention a school that I think you still carry the rejection letter from Harvard University. Or is it the University of Harvard or is it Harvard College? Harvard U, right? Whatever. Uh, Harvard is in the big dance. There's no tournament for the Ivy League, but they won the regular season yesterday with a little bit of help from uh, Princeton. The Harvard Crimson Red are headed to the NCAA. Your thoughts? Um, I know it's an emotional moment for you. They definitely deserved it because they got absolutely screwed on a call that cost them a game, and it put them into this this crazy playoff that the, the Ivy League has to determine who they send to the tournament. If because they don't have a conference tournament, so if they don't have an outright conference champion, they have a playoff, which is pretty cool. So if if you're an Ivy League player and you don't normally get a tournament, then all of a sudden you're in a playoff. That's pretty exciting. And luckily for Harvard, they didn't get a conference title ripped from them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I think Harvard might have a couple of local Chicago area players. Need they to tend check to. that out. I think like a Robbie Belcor from Loyola. At any rate, uh, the Ivy League doesn't have a tournament. Harvard is in first time in a long time. Pretty cool for them. Cinemax Cindy emailing in Big Dog wants to know two things. One, what will you be doing on Selection Sunday? Do you have any traditions? And two, she wants to know what you're wearing right now. Uh, well. <laughs> Feel free not to answer number two, by the way. I, I actually cannot reveal what I'm wearing right now because it's a, it's a costume of an alter ego that I have. Oh, boy. And that, so that's a, that, that leaves way too much to the imagination. Okay. Yes. And, uh, a, a no comment would have been just fine. Now, now you got my mind working. Not in a good way, the, but. What was the other question? The other question is, do you have any, uh, you know, you've talked about your house, how you got a whole bunch of sports fans there, the United Nations upon which you live. What uh, traditions, how do you watch Selection Sunday coming up in about uh, 98 hours? But who's uh, that, pr- that pretty much is a typical thing uh, with about 10 of us sitting around in, in a semicircle <laughs> where, where we can easily pass things back and forth to each other, uh, bears, <laughs> chips, other things. Do you, hum, then, do you uh, hum at all? I uh, no, but I gotta I gotta tell you something. The amount of cuss words in the different <laughs> language of cuss words that you will hear in this room. And it, it, it's so funny. Two thirds of these people never even went to college, but you know, they're extremely interested in the NCAA basketball tournament and the education of these student athletes. It's it's pretty awesome, coach. When you think about it. You know, you got like like a one guy that has like a multi million dollar company sit next to a, a, a you know, a, a ditch digger. And to be quite honest with you, the dish digger is like much more interesting, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. So. But it's a cultural experience for you because you get to hear a, a variety of upset, foul language in different different uh, languages. Yeah, my, my brother has always been like, you know, we have that. We can have the ability to talk to like a full-time level of people. And I swear to you, you will never see such a diversity as you'll see in this house. Mm-hmm. Just like a gypsy will be here one day, and then obviously we get like Joe Hogan walking here, and the next day he's buying and selling company. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it cracks me up, Coach. Okay. Good thing you got corner. So yeah. that's what you would see. And definitely a vast variety of smells, especially if Hogan's wife had cooked a lot <laughs> the previous week. Oh, my God. Uh, so that's about it. 
Beautiful. Well, I was I was actually thinking of coming over and joining the circle and you know doing a couple of kumbayas with you, but I think that last comment I uh, I don't know my car might be out of gas by the time I'm ready to think about coming out there. But at any rate, it is... you definitely don't want to refill out in Kane County. Oh my goodness, they have a, a gas tax here. It's called the Up Your Gas. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I uh, like I. I'm kind of glad I don't drive. I'm walking, and you know, normally I, I'm laughing at people while they're driving. Now, normally it's the other way for the last four years. Hey, loser, got a DUI, but you know, as they drive by. Now I'm laughing at everybody else. Ah, uh-huh. so all these fat people in their cars. So. <laughs> nice to know you have uh, sympathy for the uh, other folks out there, big. Dog. Well, yeah. Well, considering it takes me an hour to walk to a to oh, the boy. train coach, uh, obviously I'm the one that's. I'm joking about that. I hear, you. I hear you. By the way, today, a lovely day for a walk. A beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous uh, early spring day here in the fine city of Chicago, where normally it's about 28 degrees and windy. We're getting up to about 67 degrees today. It's a beautiful thing. Dog and a coach at your service. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Real quick, I've been meaning to bring this out. It's been sticking in my head. And you mentioned the ditch digger comparison. It just, it just hit a little nerve. Uh, the ditch digger making as much. Diggers, by the way, I wasn't well, talking ditch diggers exactly. at all. Exactly, okay. and making because uh, that dude puts in twelve, fifteen hours a day. My point okay. exactly. So here's what I would like. If I was in a press conference, or if I was sitting down and meet the press, and I had uh, Mr. Mitchell Romney in front of me, the Mitchell, and I like Mitt. Part of I Mitt Romney, I could almost live with as the Republican candidate. There's some things that bother me about him, but I would say 66.6% I actually like the guy. But here's the question I would love to ask of Mitt Romney. Mitt, do you think it is right, or what kind of society is it where somebody can have $275 million and another person can make twenty to 25000 a year and barely take care of their family when both people are working about the same hours and both people are working as hard. Is that acceptable? And if it's not acceptable, what would you do to fix it? How's that for a question? Okay. That's a good question. If that's what you wanted to hear, that's exactly what you deserve to hear from Mitt Romney, Coach, if that's what you want to hear. How would he respond to that, David Olson? I mean, that's that's my issue. Again, nothing against people that, and I'm not saying everybody should be equal. But, you know, the ditch digger, the road construction worker, the teacher, the school nurse, the senior citizen, uh, housing aid, all those people work tremendously hard. Now, maybe they don't, you know, Mitt Romney's going to, well, you know, creating jobs. And I got no problem with people that, you know, create a good business and create jobs and work hard making more money. But. Two hundred and seventy-five million to twenty thousand a year. Well, I think the first thing that whoever president of the United States is going to be has to figure out is to make sure that the U.S. dollar remains as the reserve currency. Because if it does not remain as a reserve currency, we're going to see a horrible, horrible time in the United States for a couple of years. Something like we've never seen before. So, if you really want to Keep American jobs and make sure that 
$25,000 is at least sustainable for American families, we got to make sure that the, mm-hmm. that the Chinese uh, yuan does not become the next reserve currency. David O., how would, uh, if Mitt Romney got that question, how, and I know you're not a big Mitt fan, but how, how does he respond to that, you think? Well, he would respond, well, he wants to create an America where the person that is, you know, digging ditches, making $25,000 a year, if they work really hard, they, too, can one day make $275 million. Oh, that's a bunch of crap. That Well, that would be his I answer. thought you were going to say, you know, that we need to well, not – he might respond by saying, let's not worry about bringing the people down to the top. Let's make sure that our economy and job situation is so strong, everybody's got jobs, and they're making a higher sum of money. So raise you're, you're, the bottom. You're not, you're, unfortunately, you're not going to hear that. You're, you're not going to hear that from his side of the aisle. You're not. So he wants to create a society where people have the opportunity to become millionaires and make tons of money. But what about the people that don't aren't able to succeed in that opportunity? With enough hard work, you can succeed at anything. Yeah. Uh, no, there is enough truth in that. What's that, Big Dog? There, there is truth in it, and if you don't believe in that, you might as well just forget about. Well, I don't believe in it. Well, no, 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 there, no. But what I'm saying, is, I mean, yeah, there is truth in it, but that's going to be the answer. But unfortunately, that that's not a truthful answer. And you kind it's of, not. And coach, you kind of blew off what I just said. What I just said, you blew it off. What? Say, say it again, truth right now, because our our economy is such in so much peril right now, and we continue to print money that we don't even have. Is, I mean, talk about great jobs, all that other stuff. If we don't get this done, I mean, forget about some answer to some uh, like rhetorical question. We have to have somebody right now that like ends this ridiculous amount of spending that we've been going through. If we are at, we're actually printing more money than we can actually, all the taxpayers can pay next year. So that's and we're in debt in the first place. So we're like in a revolving circle right now. So. If if, uh, if China ends up being the reserve note, because there's been a lot of talk about it's going that way. If that happens, do you realize what will happen to this country? I mean, we will be in a lot of trouble. If I wanted to, based on your uh, rather alarming words here, if me or any of our listeners, possibly a Cinemax Cindy, wanted to start pocketing a little bit, just in case, of some Chinese yen, how would we start building up our purchase of Chinese yen? Okay, that would, it would be the yang. The yang. Not the yen. Are you sure? And, uh, you know, yang? it's funny because right now the yang. I thought it was yen. The, the yen is the Japanese. Ah. So the, it's, <laughs> what is it? Y-U-A-N or is it Y-A-U-N? But it's either, it's either or. Okay. But it's the A and the U somewhere. Which is funny because A and U is gold. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, well, there's, I guess there's different ways to do it because right now China has been buying more gold than any place in the world. As a matter of fact, they, every single ounce of gold that is uh, taken out of the ground in China, whether it's by a private company, a foreign private company, it's by law that you have to sell it back to the Chinese government. Mm. And they've been accumulating more gold than anybody. As a matter of fact, they've been buying gold from They've bought over 100 gold companies in the last year. Well, somebody's buying gold right here in the fine continental United States because there's, like, huge, full-page newspaper articles, magazine, not articles, uh, advertisements, Uh magazine advertisements, stores that have opened up. We buy gold. And you know what? Those are probably owned by companies that are owned by Chinese. Interesting. 
they are they are having it's basically a whole strategic warfare. They have three point two trillion U.S. dollars in reserve that they basically don't know what to do with because we can't pay the debt back, but then they can't sell the debt to anybody else, and they kind of can't call it because it would devalue all this, all the U.S. debt that they have. So what they've been doing is basically they continue to buy gold. A lot of it black market. They buy, uh, and they're buying companies all over the world. They're basically trying to buy as much gold as they possibly can. And in 2000 or in June of this year, they're... Uh, the Pan American, oh, no, the Pan, I'm trying to think of the actual name of it, but uh, the Pan Asian Gold Exchange is opening up. And it's going to be in complete competition with the London Metal Exchange and New York's Comex Metal Exchange, which have worked uh, together for I don't know how long. I mean, what, 100 years? And it's basically set the price of gold. And it's, the U.S. government has had a lot to do with this and it's controlled the U.S. dollar. So, when this opens up in June, Coach, we're going to have we're, this. Going to have a huge effect. So we're going to find out by July whether or not, like, how bad this war that this like economic war that China has been playing with the United mm-hmm. States really is. Interesting, interesting, David. This is why I love the big dog so much, and I, why I would nominate you for, uh, you know, top radio host on the air. What other? I, I defy anybody out there to find me a sports talk host or a talk host on the radio. Who can break down football like the dog is going to do when we talk Peyton Manning and a few other things? Who can give you some insights on Detroit, Valpo, and a South Dakota State, Western Illinois, March Madness, Bracketology matchup, and immediately transfer into world financial affairs and the Japanese yen and the Chinese yen? Hey, well, I'm, just, I'm worried. I'm, no, I'm just extremely worried. I've been doing a lot of research on China over the last like four months, considering that. Uh, extremely unlike with a Chinese girl. So it's yes. weird. It's like most of it, and, I, and the thing, I don't know what the Chinese really expect to do. I don't know if this is much as a, like a serious war against the United States or it's the fact that they're just concerned that, you know, I don't know, I don't know actually how much yeah. money that the U.S. Can, like, owes the, the Chinese government, but it's like 70% of our debt right now is owed to the Chinese. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's the grass is always greener on the other side, too. Everything's not... Uh, Peachy and rosy economically in the fine country of China, either. They got oh, no, their no, issues too, big no, you're, no, you're exactly right, Coach. But the problem is that the people that are the the point oh 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 one percent that control the money over there, they're at war with us. And it's not like the actual Chinese citizen is. They're not. They're not at war with us. You know that. Uh, but if you have a few people that control $3.2 trillion of money and are at war with the U.S. government and trying to make sure they fleece us as much as possible, then it's a different issue. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yes. It's a lot different because people like that can control some stuff. They can pull a few strings. $3.2 trillion is a lot of money, Coach. Prior to the last 10 minutes, I was worried about which team I was going to pick in the uh, 64-team bracket buster this Sunday for my office pool, but... All of a sudden, big dog, you got me concerned about issues of a slightly higher variety. But no, uh, oh, yeah, when the when that when that thing opens, it's going to be like it's who knows. I mean, it could be it could be as peaceful as China has tried to portray it in the news, or maybe it's as you know evil as everybody else is worried about it. Mm-hmm. So. All right, very good. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. We may have some listeners in the uh, fine 
country of China that might want to chime in, agree or disagree with the big dog. If you don't speak great English, that's okay. Uh, our research shows that our show is uh, enjoyed by many that have English as a second language. In fact, big dog, I've said this before, said it many times. Those of us that uh, don't understand exactly what we're saying, where English mm-hmm. is a second language, apparently our research shows that we come off that much better. So, unfortunately, the reverse of that is the people that thoroughly understand what we're saying. Apparently, don't like us that much, so I'm not sure how you can take that. <laughs> At any rate, uh, real quick, before we go over to football and the death of the Prime Minister Peyton Manning, that's what I'm calling it. I feel like it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the PM? funeral oh, of one the, of the greatest. You, came up with, did you call it the Prime Minister? Yes, the PM? I feel like it's the death of a Prime Minister, the way Peyton no, Manning did, leaving Indianapolis is being treated. Did you use, did you use Prime Minister PM because it's Peyton Manning? Uh, yeah. uh, no, I did not do that on purpose. Did not do that. Real quick, David Olson, we have the results in from Ohio Super Tuesday. uh, Do we have a winner there, Ohio? Yeah, I think uh, Romney clearly won, didn't he? Clearly? I don't know about clearly. Let me me double check. And there were, what, 10 states to be battled? Gingrich won Georgia, and that's about it. But Santorum took three or four states, big dog. So it was not like a Romney sweep, correct, on, on Super Tuesday? Yeah, in every state that Santorum wins, uh, one sisters do not sleep comfortably. They sleep with one <laughs> eye open. Yes, David. Romney did indeed win Ohio by one percent. One percent. One percent. Yeah. All right. So nothing's decided. The battle will continue. Yes. Don't forget, in two weeks, big dog. In two weeks, we vote here in the fine state of Illinois. I remember the last voting day, you had issues getting there because you didn't plan properly. Yeah, it was an issue. I'm I'm driving out there next Tuesday. I'm going to take you to your voting booth. I think I'll be able to get there this time. Okay, I hope I so. I think last year it was like five or six feet of snow. I forget what happened that last time. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I hope so. All right, because Jan Schakowsky needs every vote she can get. So we're counting on your support. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Thank you very much. All right, 888-463-6748. The other big sports news from yesterday, dog. I know you got thoughts on this one. Peyton Manning is leaving the Indianapolis Colts, not on his own accord, but basically uh, general manager, owner, Jim, don't call me Bob Ursay, has cut the ties. $28 million, I think, was the price tag. They're going to go with Andrew Luck. Your thoughts, smart move or not for Indianapolis, and where might Peyton Manning it? Well, uh, I guess uh, we're going to have to truly find out if it's a smart move years down the line. Uh, I would not have done it. I, Quite honestly, I would have traded Peyton Manning. I, if, I could not release him. There's no possible way I could just get rid of him. I would say, you know what, I'm, I would have paid him the $28 million, and then I would have traded him for as much as I could possibly get for him. And I do realize that this year, this particular year, it would have killed the Colts on the salary cap. And as long as I just had a good five offensive linemen to protect uh, Andrew Luck, that's all I would care about. And then I would build a team, build a dynasty that way but instead they just said oh we're just going to cut him and not pay him five Peyton so well whatever so at least Peyton has a chance to go wherever he wants now coach and uh, there's everybody because the four teams that everybody's talking about and they're pretty obvious ones are going to be the Dolphins they need a quarterback Bears. the Redskins they Bears. always need one uh, no one's saying that Bears. but uh, uh, you said uh, Coach, the only way they would do it, and I would do this immediately. Check this out. We can trade Jay Cutler.
on draft picks. No, no, no. And want, yeah, no, no, yes, yes, yes. I want two good quarterbacks. Well, well, Coach, you can only have so much money on your roster, okay? And I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't need – we the Bears need more than Peyton Manning. I'm, I'm willing to release Frank O'Malley. Bring Manning He's in. He's gone. Frank O'Malley I, is gone, by the way. What? Frank O'Malley. We talked no. about this last week. Frank oh. O'Malley was paid more than Walter Payton was during his Bears <laughs> tenure. Remember that stat I brought up to you? Yes, I do. By the way, okay. Caleb Haney is also gone, is he not? Yeah, that was that was it was uh, noted. It wasn't made official, but noted that the Bears will not be uh, pursuing Caleb Haney in free agency, so he will not be a Bear next season. So at least we don't have to deal with that. So, the, but the yeah, pieces so the Bears do need two quarterbacks, coach. That's what I'm saying. The pieces are falling into place. David Olson, uh, you had some thoughts that, on that? That's uh, more ironic. Cutler and Manning on the same team. That doesn't make most of us go. Well, if you forgot about money, it does, because I'm a full believer you need two great quarterbacks. David Olson, NFL expert. And by the way, our beat the Schmoes football prediction champion with an unbelievable record this year. Yes, David. Well, I kind of take issue to what Big Dog said about, Uh-oh. you know, signing and trading Peyton Manning, because, oh, I mean, okay. you're talking about a $28 million lead balloon around that guy's neck. And you sign him for that, you're, I mean, you're, you're giving away at least $18 million. Because, because of the health of Peyton Manning being in question, what are you going to get back for the guy? You don't know. Well, you'll see the demand for him be absolutely off the wall. So if, if there's not a huge demand for him, you're right. And if there is, then you know, then maybe I'm right at that point because. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not years. saying. I'm not saying there's not going to be a big demand for him, but a team is re- going to be willing to lay down mo- more money for the guy if they can backload the contract based on performance incentives rather than you know, taking him as is. Okay, but see what would happen is if the Colts pay the twenty-eight million. And then trade him. Well, he would still have the same contract. Well, the Colts have already paid him the huge sum of money. He's got that contract now, so now it's like cheap for the team to pick up Peyton Manning. So now that team has to decide. Well, what do I want to give back? Well, if the Colts could have figured out a deal with somebody, being like, "All right, this team's going to give us a first and second round this year, and then two second rounds for the next two years." You know what? Like you said, it would cost them. Uh, $18 million instead of the $28 let's say it's still the $28 million. If I'm Jim Irsay and I've got $500 million in the bank to, to sit on, I could care less if I ended up having $472 million in the bank by writing him a $28 million check. If I was able to get uh, two first-round picks and three second-round picks out of it, I'd, I'd rather win the Super Bowl than have an extra $28 million in the but, bank. But who, who is going to give up that much for Peyton Manning when you don't know what his health is. that That's the thing. I mean, do you realistically think somebody's going to give up two first-rounders and three second-rounders when the well, guy when the guy hasn't ta- taken a snap in over a year? If he was healthy, do you think they would? Absolutely, but okay, so we don't know how then, healthy he is. Then that, that, day, that's the big question. Since he was still a Colt this whole time, first day should have went out of his way to prove he was healthy. But instead, he went out of his way to, oh, those weren't our doctors that said he was healthy. Remember, he kept saying every time, didn't he? Oh, I don't, I, he isn't healthy. Well, if he really wanted, he was just didn't want to spend the money. He did, 
he kept saying, that's not financial. And like I always say, Coach, if, a, if somebody tells you I'm not cheating, I will never cheat. No, they're cheating. And he kept saying, it's not a financial move. It's not a financial move. Well, guess what? He kept on saying Peyton Manning was not healthy. Oh, our, our doctors never said he was healthy. And then it's not a financial move, but we're going to cut him. Then why would you cut him? It makes no sense if, if it's not a financial move, all that other stuff. You're just trying to tell me Peyton Manning isn't good anymore. So... If you, if no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, this was, this, was, this was purely, purely a financial move. Oh, purely. I totally agree with you. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm, dis- I'm disagreeing with the fact that I think they could have got that much for him because, well, of it, yeah. because, because of the question marks regarding his health. Well, the, the only reason why they question him about it because the earth they decided to make it a financial move. My point is, Coach asked me what I would have done. And what I would have done was to proven he was healthy and then traded him. That's what I would have done. They messed up. They could have got a lot for Peyton Manning, and I would. And don't, this guy's worth. I don't know how much the Earth they do worth, but he's worth well more than the franchise is. Well, I don't know. The franchise is worth probably about eight hundred million. He's probably got at least five hundred million cash. I would have no problem with that much money throwing down and giving it to Peyton Manning and trying to get money back. But I, you, I wouldn't do it if I didn't couldn't prove he was healthy. And there you go. You see what I'm getting? It's such a. I don't know. The Colts could have made something really great out of this and said they're going to end up losing a guy that won't even be as. They'll be better than their quarterback for the next three yeah. or four years. The whole caveat to the discussion, and one that we are really not privy to, we can speculate, but we're not privy to it all. It all hinges on the health of Peyton Manning. Is he back where he was or close to it? Or mm-hmm. is he at least semi-significantly injured, and, and obviously we really don't know the story, Big Dub. And, and there's so many different things. There were stories where Peyton Manning was trying to play the last week of the season. Remember that? Was that Peyton Manning trying to mm-hmm. act like he was healthy? Or is Peyton Manning really still hurt? I mean, is, is he just trying to get another paycheck? You know, I mean, I doubt it's that. I really do doubt it's that. Right, let me Hopefully. take it a different angle here. And uh, hanging low and ready to go wants to know, where would you rank? Where would you rank Peyton Manning? You've watched him play in his prime for an extended period of time. Uh, Big Dog, you haven't seen all the great quarterbacks in your 39 years, but you've seen a lot of them. Put it in perspective. Where do you, where do you, put, uh, where do you rank Peyton Manning? You know, I, I already told you the other day I thought he's, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Wow. I've, 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 I'm going to continue to say that. I, I know there was there was questions about supposedly his teammates don't like him. All I know is this: is when these Colts are coming out right now, the first thing they're saying is, "I regard Peyton Manning as a close friend first and foremost, and then a teammate." Mm-hmm. And I'm really going to miss him. It's, they seem to this, everybody that's coming out has talked about him in an extremely glowing light. So. I, I want him as the, my leader of my organization for the simple fact nobody's going to work harder than that guy. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute leader. He can handle any criticism. And when anything goes bad, when everything, anything goes wrong, Peyton Manning has always pointed the finger back at himself and said, blame me. All these years, even when the Colts had a horrible defense, bad offensive lines, Joseph Adaya is their best running backs ever since Edron James is, is, is no longer running for him. I mean, I, I just uh, to me he's the epitome of what a quarterback should be. You know, I so gave you I gave you a wow when you said he was the best quarterback you've seen, but uh, it was not a wow based on I had him rated much lower. I tend to agree with you. You know, memory can fade a little bit, but you look back to the years of Peyton Manning running that particular system they had 
and the efficiency upon which he ran it, the accuracy upon which he threw. You know, I always said Johnny Unitas, uh, you know, probably the best quarterback I ever saw, Dan Marino. And I'm willing to put Aaron Rodgers into it now, but I'll put Peyton Manning right at the top. Maybe not, you know, the top, but amongst the absolute best quarterbacks I ever saw play. Yeah, there's the, you know, we're going through a little bit of a golden age of quarterbacks again. There was, there was like a little bit of a down period, but right now, Brady and Breeze and Rodgers, I mean, these guys have really, really been fantastic. We've seen, we've seen some great quarterback play, mm-hmm. uh, you know, over the last like 10, 15 years because, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not calling Kurt Warner the greatest quarterback ever. Kurt Warner could play the freaking game. When you saw him play the game, I mean, there's overlap. We've had some really good quarterbacks the last 15 years. And I would think about this, the way Eli Manning has played. You know, he might not put up all these huge numbers, but this is a guy that continually does the right thing for his football team. And then again, the year before that, uh, so 2011, we're talking about how great he is. Well, 2010, he was the worst quarterback in the NFL. He threw like 25 interceptions. All right, you got some thoughts out there on the uh, the, the – Ending of the Indianapolis Colt era, anyways, of Peyton Manning, 888-463-6748, our phone number. Big Dog and the coach at your service here. Talk a little uh, basketball, world politics, and now we're moving over to the NFL, a little bit of football, too. I want to quickly get in some uh, spring training pitchers and catchers report also. But uh, So you speculated, uh, I kind of interrupted you, Big Dog. You had the Washington Redskins, the Miami Dolphins, which is a perfect fit. What were the other two teams you thought he might go to? Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they, they dropped Kevin Cobb and then, uh, he moves in with Larry Fitzgerald and a couple other decent weapons, weapons. Uh, well, there's a couple other ones. I like the Seattle Seahawks. They're not that far away. And oh my goodness, their quarterback is horrible. This, uh, the fact that they gave up Matt Hasselbeck and started Tavarius Jackson, Pete Carroll should have been fired already. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now Peyton Manning goes into that team, you get a little beast mode. Ooh, I would like that. And uh, yeah, one thing people have to keep on saying is that Peyton Manning, you have to run his system. That's why he'll be a difficult free agent. Are these people dumb? The guy can play anything. I think it would be. I think he'd be really good for him to be like. I don't have to be the whole entire sh- like master and driver of the ship. Maybe I could have a a good running game to depend on a couple big time receivers instead of me going up to the line and basically have to call the play that is best suited for everybody out there at the time and be perfect constantly. Be, you know, it, it, would, it would be, I'd be curious to see how he does in another system, David. Uh, Kansas City is the one that's been, been emerging as the front I runner. like that one too. Uh, I, on behalf of, I like that one. On behalf of Matt Castle and his family, I take that as a personal insult. Yeah. <laughs> and one that I've heard, I mean, not that official, but I've, I've heard a couple people float, which I think Uh-oh. would be tremendous. Uh-oh. San Francisco. No! With Peyton Manning, they would they would be favorites to win the oh, Super Bowl. That's not a bad they, call. Absolutely, absolutely, that would be so perfect, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, what, imagine if Peyton Manning didn't have to be Peyton Manning to win every game. What if he only had to be Peyton Manning to win four games out of the 16? What an interesting had- chemical combination. Jim Harbaugh, I'm not going to say mentoring, but Jim Harbaugh working with Peyton Manning. That would be interesting to watch. The guy that replaced him in Indianapolis, by the way. Oh, good point. Wow. Interesting. Now, we've, we've heard some other things here, Big Dog. You and David Olson have thrown out your theory, but our inside sources, we've got a few other 
possibilities for Peyton Manning. In fact, four of them that our people have come up with. And you know our people are a little, uh, how do we say, a little bit uh, off kilter, shall we say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are. Feel, feel free not to disagree. One is that he will be joining the PGA golf circuit. He's tired of football. Tiger is down. Nobody wants to take that number one spot. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning might be headed to the PGA golf circuit. That's number one. Number two, he's had a few little TV appearances. He's shown some impressive performances. Our inside people telling us that he might be joining brand-new star Ashton Kuchar, and the show will be renamed Two and a Half Men and a Quarterback. Again, this is just what our people are telling us. Number three, he's made a little bit of money in the past, correct, Doug? Uh, he's made $178 million in NFL contracts. That, that might be enough. He will take over. Now, you mentioned the Washington Redskins. Our rumor is a little bit more dramatic. He will take over as quarterback, coach, and owner. I'm sorry, not quarterback. Coach, general manager, and owner of the Washington Redskins. He's going to buy the team from Daniel Snyder. And at his first press conference, his first quote will be, Rex is our quarterback. Thank you very much. These are good. Yeah, These thank you. And finally, uh, he's going to, uh, you know, jump on the bandwagon of a Michael Jordan, and he is going to take a break from football and try the sport that he loved growing up. He's going to take a shot with the Chicago White Sox. Kenny Williams has already invited him to camp. Those are the four peop- uh, rumors that are inside sources of uncovered. Uh, Thank you Peyton's very much. First, Peyton's first love was tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks? It was not. Uh, it was not baseball, nor football. There's a lot of kids today, a lot of youngsters out there listening to the show uh-huh. that might not know what tiddlywinks are, sadly enough. Oh, that's it's too bad, Coach. It is too bad. I'm really not sure what it is at all either, but my dad <laughs> would always threaten me that you know if I was if I wasn't good enough at baseball, I'd ever be able to do was play tiddlywinks. Yeah. And I, so it was always a it was always a threatening. It's a grading term for my dad's work. So look at that. You've been in fear of it all these years, and now when you're actually confronted with it, you don't even know what your fear is. You don't even know what damn tiddlywink is. No, I don't know what it is. It's Coach. unbelievable. I just know it's a game yeah. that fancy pants boys play. I'd like to yeah. help you, but you know what? I think I've just uncovered the same psychological convulsion. I don't know what the hell tiddlywinks is either, and I shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I know it's you know a little like thumbnail type thing, and you press it to whatever. Uh, is it? I- Whatever. Okay. Anyway, all right. So we uh, can we move beyond Peyton Manning? Any other thoughts here? Because I want to do want to get to baseball and a couple of thoughts from you. Uh, no, uh, the whole Peyton Manning thing is. It, it, I was still a little shocked. I knew it was happening, but yesterday when I heard, I'm like, oh, he's not a Colt. And check this out. You want a surprise team that he ends back up with, Coach? Yeah. How about this one? The that Indianapolis Colts. Help us out here. How does that work? The Indianapolis Colts. I just said. So they sign them. They just—they're like, hey, we don't want to give you twenty-eight million dollars. We'll uh, we'll sign you again. We'll, <laughs> we're not going to give you twenty-eight million dollars and plus your plus your contract this year, which would have been another I don't know what, like what eighteen million a year mm-hmm. or whatever the heck he was going to get paid. So uh, okay. maybe that's going to happen. Hey, stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Things will come full circle. All right, real quick, dog and a coach. Uh, back at you tomorrow at eleven o'clock, ten o'clock rather, right up until eleven. We got our March Madness uh, special coming up Friday. Big dog, don't forget next Wednesday, a week from today, my friend, you will yeah. be on stage, front and center, as the host, assisted by myself. But you will be the host of the uh, 
uh, March Madness special at the Playbook in Niles. You'll be appearing live, which is a rarity. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's very rarely am I alive, but I'm thinking by seven. <laughs> no, I meant live. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, I think I'll be healthy by seven days from now because I finally feel decent today, Coach. So yeah, we need you. We need you at uh, if not a hundred percent, you got to be at least ninety percent. No, I'll your... definitely be that by then because I'm I'm at like ninety percent right now, Coach. Mm-hmm. So I definitely will be there by next Wednesday. Okay. Good. Beautiful. Very beautiful. And I don't want to get you down at the very end of the show, but manager Dale Swain is talking about Alfonso Soriano being the leadoff man for your Chicago Cup. You know what, Coach? Honestly, all he did was bitch and complain that he wasn't batting leadoff, and he hit. His on-base percentage was 289. So now we can say, hey, you need to get on base, and when he does it, we can finally bench him. So they just sit on you. you. You, you were complaining, said you want to be the leadoff hitter. You can't do it. Now you sit okay. on the bench. Okay. All right. So it's the confrontational put up or shut up theory. Yeah, I, I hope like so. It. I really do. I like it. All right, big dog, feel better. Feel better, my friend. We'll come back. We'll talk a lot of March Madness and a little baseball tomorrow as well, okay? I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. All right, dog and the coach back at you tomorrow. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Thank you so much from World Affairs to the Red Blob against the uh, – Mean Green and in, in basketball, all the way to baseball reports and Peyton Manning in between. Tremendous show. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Don't be late. We'll see you tomorrow.